Welcome to the GrowthCon Food Podcast, a podcast in which we share the best growth stories and insights from Asian startups for Asian startups. I'm Waihoi. Hi, I'm Kritish. Thanks for listening to us today. If you like what we do, please don't hesitate to subscribe on GrowthConFu.com. Today, we are joined by Elliot Lung, the founder of Gaifeng, a social network in Hong Kong that connects people through item sharing. Welcome, Elliot. Hi, hi, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. Elliot, um, let's start with the obvious here. Uh, connecting people through item sharing. What does that mean exactly? Yeah, so um, item sharing is, is basically um, rather than buy something from the store, uh, you just borrow something from a neighbor. So let's say I need to go camping this weekend. Rather than spending 8000 on a tent, I can just borrow from a neighbor. Um, and there'll be a small fee, you know, $100, $100 a day, uh, $200 a day, whatever it is. Um, and uh, on the other hand, I have something that my neighbor needs, right? So I, I've got a PlayStation I haven't touched since last Christmas or an electric guitar I haven't touched since last summer. Somebody in my building might actually find that useful. So we're building a tech platform that makes all this happen uh, in a networked manner. Um, in, in a way, uh, it's like knocking on doors, um, but on steroids, because you can actually knock on like 10,000 doors at the same time. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we have discussions with uh, with founders about what's a new, unique about your product, uh, how like what 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 separates yourself in the market. I don't think there's any question here uh, for when it comes to your startup. So, how did you come to this idea? Uh, before you started at Guy Fong, uh, you were a researcher at the University of Hong Kong. How did that serve as a jumping off point to this? Yeah, so um, my my background is uh, it's kind of a geeky one, right? So I was doing research. I mean, I was a- I was actually teaching at the Hong Kong U, and then I moved over to a, to a think tank. Um, and uh, what I did a lot of was um, sustainability research. So basically how to get um, Spaceship Earth, we were essentially on a spaceship, um, how to get Spaceship Earth uh, through the next 100 years uh, without crashing it yet. Um, and we talk a lot about recycling, we talk a lot about renewable energies, um, but the elephant in the room is that we're over-consuming. And by over-consuming, I mean uh, we are buying a lot of things that we only use once or twice a year, and then it ends up on a, sitting on our shelves, gathering dust. Um, and now the West does it, and imagine if all Asian consumers do it. Um, you know, we, we can talk about solar panels all we want, but it's not going to solve the problem. So, um, you know, I, I start thinking about, you know, what, what kind of other ways uh, we, we can solve this. So, so that's how I... That's how I came to um, item sharing, because item sharing is a way for people to lead very good lives, um, still very abundant lives, but just without, you know, um, spending the heck out of the earth's resources. So, so that was kind of like my, my research background. And then one day I just um, I actually went to a friend's house uh, and uh, it was just a normal dinner party. And uh, we wanted to play uh, which is a Chinese uh, card game. Uh, very common. We didn't have a pack of cards. And then we right. thought to each other, I mean, somebody in this building must have a pack of cards. Uh, this is ridiculous. Um, and yet, uh, we, we didn't know any of the neighbors. And fine, we can knock on doors. Even if we had the courage to knock on doors, we do not know which family has what. Uh, I can knock on door A. No, sorry, we don't have cards. Door B, sorry, I don't have cards. Um, and we just ended up going to um, the nearest 7-Eleven and, and get a pack of cards and, and feel like an idiot. Um, so that, you know, combined with my research, you know, really made it clear to me that, you know, I must do something about it. So I, w- I went about, you know, research, the market, what was out there, what was missing, and then, yeah, that's basically it. Got, got it started. So recycling and sharing aren't exactly a big part of the Hong Kong mindset, right? So yeah. how do you actually go to go about educating and stimulating demand in the market? Yeah, um, so, you know, as with a lot of startups, uh, it's all about packaging. 
Um, in the beginning, uh, we packaged it as exactly as you said, um, kind of environmental, you know, recycling and sharing and stuff like that. Um, it didn't fly. It didn't fly at all. Um, so the the environmental kind of tree hugger um, community, they loved us, but they didn't use us. Uh, the reason is that tree huggers actually tend to be late adopters. Uh, so this is a good good tip for for, for people <laughs> who you know want to go into this. So so we just um, kind of broken it down and and took the focus onto the individual consumer, saying, hey, uh, you have scenario like I don't know, you have scenario A and you need items B and C, and you know guess what, your neighbors have it. So kind of just making it relevant to to the person. Um, and then um, at the end of the month, we'll send them a report saying, "Hey, by the way, you also did a great job and, and saved like one thousand tons of carbon emissions." You know, so that kind of com comes later. Um, mm -hmm. So it, you know, it really is just about finding um, the entry point to your consumer. Right, and uh, recently you've been running an Instagram campaign. Yeah, uh, tell us more about that. Yeah, so um, it's uh, it's actually um, a piece of internal research, really. Uh, so it's um, we're running a one-month simulation where our team members, uh, we're a team of six right now, uh, we take turns living in an empty flat with nothing but a suitcase. Uh, so it's an empty flat, you just go in with a suitcase, so it's like your, your personal items, you know, you know, a few change of clothes, and that's it. And everything we need during our simulation, we try to get from the platform. So, so let's say one, one evening, um, I want to watch a movie, so I would actually you know, borrow a projector and a DVD player uh, or just you know, link it to my laptop um, from a neighbor. Or another day, uh, I'm hosting a few friends over, uh, so I might borrow a few foldable chairs from a neighbor and maybe like a big pot for hot pot. Um, and every day we, we do different things and, and we log this uh, in a journal. Um, and the purpose of this is actually uh, not so much marketing, it, it's really for us to um, have a feel of what it is like to live in a world, because we're actually creating a future world, right? What it is like to live in a world where item sharing is part of everyday life. And the only way um, to see that happen is, is through a simulation, because it's not happening yet. Um, the inspiration we got was actually from NASA, uh, from the US. Because uh, I, I don't know if you guys saw, saw the news, but um, a bunch of astronauts basically lived um, for a year uh, in an enclosed environment. So similar uh, to Mars missions. Yes, yeah. exactly. Because they know how it works uh, on a technical level, right? They know, you know, the oxygen tanks, you know, the food needs to be in powder form. They know all that, but they don't know the human and emotional dimension to it. You know, how does it feel to live in such a world? Will you go crazy? Um, or will you, I don't know, have insomnia? You know, does it actually work? You know, do you, do you, you know, have relationship breakdowns with other people? You know, how, how is it like? So, so that's why we're, we're going through this and, and we're learning a lot. And it just so happens that, um, you know, the press are really interested about this. So, so we got a lot of um, press requests about this. So it, it kind of ended up being a, a marketing thing, but, you know, it really started us off as just internal research. So what has been the response for this campaign? Um, great, yeah. So uh, actually somebody do, is doing a documentary about it. Uh, it's coming out uh, next Monday uh, in, in Hong wow. Kong. So, so that's, we're actually very, very busy preparing for that because uh, we're expecting a big traffic peak there. So it's, it's fantastic that you get, um, is, this, um, is this a TV channel that, that, is, that is doing the documentary? Uh, yeah, um, so it's, um, yeah, it's, it's basically uh, one of the big uh, TV stations in Hong Kong. Okay. Um, and it's part of a documentary series that um, it's kind of like 16 minutes in the States. So, you uh -huh. know, it's been, it's been running for over 30 years. Everybody watches it every Monday evening. People just turn on the TV. Yeah. So they, they do stories that um, have uh, a relevance to, to Hong Kong people's lives. So it yeah. could be, um, I don't know, it could be technology. It could be 
the latest government policy. Uh, so, so this segment is more on kind of like innovation and future city life. Very cool. I mean, I, we know a lot of startups who would die to get that kind of uh, media attention. So how did you guys uh, make that happen exactly? Yeah, um, we, we got lucky because we... Um, well, luck is made to a certain extent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how, um, how it started was actually um, I got, uh, you know, had, had lunch with somebody and then that person also had lunch with a reporter the day before. This was like back in 2015. Um, and the reporter happened to be doing a piece on Hong Kong startups. Uh, and in 2015, um, it was just me kind of uh, with a few kind of Google spreadsheets. Uh, it wasn't really a startup yet. Um, but this reporter uh, really wanted to see how the process was at the beginning. So, so you know, they, they, they interviewed us. Um, and that was kind of like our first piece of press uh, coverage. And, and it actually just snowballed. Um, as reporter B saw that reporter A had a good story and then kind of also requested us for an interview and it just went on and on. Um, so I, I think the, the key to getting good press coverage, um, and this is not tech press, because for us tech press doesn't really matter because, you know, our customers aren't the tech community. Um, so, so we're not on TechOnAsia, TechCrunch, or not, not any, any of that. Um, but we're on all the, you know, the, the local mainstream medias. Um, and the, uh, the, the, the strategy, I think, is to um, just tell a good story um, and to uh, make it relatable to people, you know, so, so don't talk about uh, tech so much, you know, but talk more about uh, people's lives, you know, why this matters to them. Um, and, and it does help that, you know, this is uh, about item sharing, which has this kind of cozy, fuzzy feeling. Uh, so, so a lot of reporters say, oh, you know, this reminds me of when I was a kid and, you know, everybody would open the doors, you know, and, and you know, blah, blah, blah. So, so this, this, you know, resonates with people. So it helps that we have a good story, but at the same time, you have to know how to tell it. So first contact was 2015. We're now late 2016. How did you yeah. maintain that relationship with the journalists? Um, uh, you know, you just, uh, you know, be very good with um, responding to requests. So, so all of these are um, cold calls mainly. So we, we don't actually reach out to journalists. Um, and that actually, that might be, that might be helpful. It, it builds a good reputation. So the, these guys, they're not desperate trying to do, get to PR, <laughs> yeah. um, but they're really happy if you just send them an email. So uh, yeah, I guess that's, that, that's how, how we've been operating. Yeah. Right. The other aspect uh, of you is that you do land up speaking at a number of conferences, moderating yeah. them. So what's the hack there? Because you get your word out. Yeah, um, so, well, I, we, I don't do a lot of conferences. I, I did two big ones uh, uh, recently. Um, the first one was uh, SEO. So this conference was about um, uh, kind of uh, the future economy. And for one of the panels, it was about the sharing economy. Um, so if you Google sharing economy Hong Kong, you find us. Well, uh, and uh, so the, the organizers found us and then, you know, they, they did a few background checks and then, oh, you know, these guys... Uh, they've been running for some time. They're exciting startups, still early stage. Uh, lots of stories to, to share. Uh, this guy has a kind of a researcher background, so he's he's probably all right on the stage, kind of thing. So yeah, they, they got us. Um, so this was actually um, a private uh, bank event, um, a couple like two 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 months ago, and from that we actually got a few good um, investor leads uh, for our seed round. Uh, so so you know one thing leads to another. So that that was pure uh, SEO. Um, the second conference was, uh, it was basically a local Hong Kong startups get together, uh, it was all in Cantonese, 
Um, and I wasn't good enough to be actually one of the speakers because the, the speakers were, you know, they're all amazing, you know, running, you know, eight, eight, eight digit um, annual re uh, run rates. Um, but so I was a moderator because I, I was the one asking the question. You know, I was the early stage founder uh, in the pack. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I think luckily uh, people, people knew me. So, so they also found me as, as the moderator. Um, and that was good. So, the, you know, the, the, there weren't any, you know, con conversions from the second one. The first one was better. The second one was just, uh, it was just fun. Right. And how does the next 12 months look? Um, yeah, next 12 months. Uh, so we're now kind of ending uh, concept validation stage. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're based on a mobile app. And I didn't know this, but mo mobile apps are really difficult to build, you know, because you, you've, got, you've got both sides um, and, and especially on um, iOS side, you know, the code base, uh, you know, changes, you know, now, now you're kind of just dealing with the Swift 3.0, you know, was this 2.3 before, a lot of changes. So, you know, it's still going to be a lot of uh, software focus. Um, but we're going to start doing some promotion, um, you know, basic things like uh, videos. We're going to interview a few of our, our members, going to get a, a promotional video out there. Um, and we're going to start um, a few growth hacks, uh, software-based. We can talk about that. Um, and we're also going to kind of launch one or two overseas pilots because, you know, it's all great and well that works in Hong Kong, but it's not going to be a successful startup. It has to be global. So, yeah. So what's the next market? Uh, Singapore. So um, Singapore, because uh, because Singapore, <laughs> it's uh, you know similar size uh, with Hong Kong. Uh, people are great. Um, it's relatively densely packed, uh, and it's uh, it has very clearly defined neighborhoods, um, and you know similar dynamic. Uh, you know a lot of young professionals uh, trying to seek alternative uh, alternative consumer models, um, and we have a lot of friends there, so it helps. Yeah. So you have been incubated by Cyberbot. Uh, yep. Tell us some pluses and minuses of the program. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, so maybe just for our listeners, Cyberport obviously Hong Kong, one of the biggest government-funded incubators. Uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, startups incubated here. Um, so you know, this is if you come into Hong Kong, this is probably one of the first places you look at to to come into. So what what has your experience been so far? Yeah. Uh, so um, our our experience has has been great. So how it works is um, this, uh, so Cyberport is actually, um, it's, it's related to the government, but it's not part of the government. It, it's a private company uh, wholly owned by the government, uh, meaning that it's actually profit making. So it actually has um, a shopping mall uh, and it has office space, which it actually rents out at market rate to uh, you know, normal companies like Microsoft and Samsung and McDonald's. Um, and, and with the rental profit, so any profit they, they glean from that, uh, they put into a fund uh, to help startups. Uh, so um, you can apply to this uh, incubator, um, and if you get accepted, you get um, a free office, or, or you know you have to pay management fees, but it's you know it's pretty pretty cheap. Um, or you can apply for an even earlier stage grant, which is just a, a check uh, that that gives you um, a certain amount. So it's about twelve point five k US dollars, uh, and this goes into your concept development. Um, and the cool thing about this is uh, they don't actually take equity. So unlike other incubators who take maybe like 10, 12 percent. Um, you know, uh, Cyberport doesn't take any equity, so it's it's really just uh, helping local startups get get started. So it's been amazing for us. So, so in, in terms of advantages and disadvantages, like what? Oh, um, yeah, advantages is uh, it's it's great. Um, you know, free office space and and you know there there there's some some cash involved, and that's that's always good. In the beginning, uh, when we were just starting out, you know, we, we couldn't because uh, we we didn't have anything to show. Uh, we couldn't raise any funds yet. Um, it was just a spreadsheet. Uh, but with this spreadsheet, uh, I got a small check of 12, 12.5K. 12 
and, and that uh, allowed us to run a few MVPs. So, so that was really good. Uh, disadvantage is that um, I think you ask 10 people who have applied and 10 people will tell you the application procedure is pretty bad. And you actually have to um, you know, submit um, you know, a bunch of forms uh, and the you know, deadlines to meet. And the questions are not that user-friendly. Uh, to, to their credit, they're actually reforming this right now in the coming batch. But uh, yeah, I think that, that, that's the main disadvantage. If you were to start a new startup today in Hong Kong, yeah. what tips would you give yourself? Okay, um, a practical tip: uh, don't do native mobile app. You know, do something like a, a, I don't know, like a hybrid app or a web app. You know, yeah. really, you know, huge, huge advice. Um, uh, secondly, um, just uh, do MVPs and MVPs. Uh, so you know, if if there's a cheap way to to validate your concept, uh, it can be you know putting a stall a stall uh, in the sidewalk, uh, or it can be just you know getting your friends. Uh, if there's you know if there's the cheapest way to do something, you know, do it. Don't spend any money on it. So where can our listeners find more about you? Um, so, uh, yeah, we're in Hong Kong right now. Uh, we have um, a website called uh, guyfongapp.com. Uh, we couldn't get the guyfong.com domain. Uh, very sad. Uh, but we have guyfongapp.com. So if you go there, um, you can find out more about us. Um, you can find us on, on Facebook. Uh, shoot us an email. And at the bottom of the website, there's actually a sign-up form uh, for overseas listener. So, um, you know, so if you're interested uh, in having this in your city, so just uh, you, can, you can fill in your form saying, you know, Peter, um, Taipei or something like that. Um, and then we'll get a good idea. So we'll know where to launch like next. Um, Hong Kong listeners, you know, welcome to just download us from the App Store and the Play Store. And yeah, you know, give us your feedback. You can find more from us at growthkungfu.com. Thank you for listening and speak to you soon.